The date is May the 4th, 2021, and you're listening to the Entertain This Star Wars Extravaganza, Episode 2, The Facts Strike Back. Last time we met with our intrepid hosts, they found themselves in a strange and uncomfortable land. Being that they had, at the time, only been podcasting officially for a month, and the pandemic was laying waste to social society as we know it, the boys haphazardly threw together a discussion-based episode, threw a fancy cover art on it, and called it a May the 4th special. Not this year. We find ourselves on the tail end of a year trapped indoors, our heroes growing certainly older and hopefully smarter. Alex, Michael, and Nick have joined an alliance with the Scene Snobs Network and, using their newly provided resources, have acquired intellects from across the galaxy to assist in correcting the wrongs of their past. At least, that is what they hope. We ask you to sit back and entertain this. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to your favorite podcast on the internet covering all things entertainment. It's Entertain This. Entertain This. Oh, that was really nice. We got a lot to go over tonight, so let's just start it off right now. Of course, I'm Alex. I'm Michael. And I'm Nick. And this is our... May the 4th, Star Wars Extravaganza. We got a lot of people uh, to talk to today. We've got a lot of awesome Star Wars-related content to cover. So we're not going to tally with any more of an introduction. We're just going to get right into it with our very first segment. Let's do it. We would like to welcome to the show some of our friends uh, from the Scene Snobs Network. Uh, if you guys want to go ahead and introduce yourselves, Mick, you're having a good time over there. Why don't you start us off? <laughs> you see, he used the force to knock the camera down. That was very Star Wars related. That is very true. I'm... No, don't do that again. Right, uh, yes, I'm Mick Manhattan. I'm creator of the ScenesNobs.com Network. Uh, you know, I have my... Uh, colleague and and good buddy next to me so i'm gonna let him take it away and explain our show hi i'm casey the madman and uh our show is every tuesday nights at 9 p.m live uh we talk about the sexiest and most exciting things that are geek and pop culture and movie related so that we can bring all the exciting news to your ears and faces <sighs> beautiful yeah. voice yeah <laughs> and I'm Zach Wiseman, the louder half of Some Nobodies. You can see all 1,000 of my shows literally any minute of any day of the week. Uh, we go over anything that is not sexy or exciting because that's what uh, Mick and the Madman go over. So, uh, yeah, mostly our, our show talk up streams on Sundays. We have a live version twitching up stream. We do a movie review called The Real Boys. Uh, and uh, Some Nobodies is taking over uh, the content universe. So, yeah. That's it. Yeah, we do the oh, yeah. sexy stuff, but Zach's brains are incredible. Mm -hmm. Really are. 
Yeah. The full package over before. at the scene snobs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for sure. So thank you guys for coming on. Um, I gave you guys a quick briefing of what we are kind of looking for in your guys' segment. And I have been messaging you guys for the past couple of days. Uh, and we want to thank you guys for coming on the show. Your expertise is required around here, as you may have seen in our intro. It is not something that we can cover. So I'm going to kind of give the mic over to you. But first, as a kind of prompting question, um, this is... Uh, Growing up, Star Wars, watching uh, the Titan kind of become what it is. Uh, and kind of what we're looking for is it's an experience that Michael, Nick and I do not have and are curious nope. about. And it's living in a world that maybe wasn't paying such close attention to Lucasfilms or the Star Wars franchise as they were being made. Um and that's a world that you guys kind of grew up in or uh, experienced firsthand. So my first question to you guys would be, uh, and we can start going from left to right. Um, briefly, what was it like the first time that you heard about Star Wars, if you can remember, or just kind of the general vibe of Star Wars at the beginning of your journey? Uh, I, I'll tell you this. I know for, for me, I had two older brothers, so like they were in they saw star wars in theaters i was born in 82 so i was like right in the middle uh, i watched it on this little thing called a vhs tape <laughs> um, and it was a uh, delightful little contraption but uh yeah I, I remember sitting down they showed it they would talk about star wars constantly they'd be playing it they'd you know have the wiffle ball bats as the lightsabers my brother taking a red pen and drawing the wiffle ball bat red you know uh and I was just so like, what is this? I don't understand what you're doing. And they sat me down to watch A New Hope. And it just, I got it. It was one of those things you just got right from the beginning, uh, as soon as the scroll hit. Um, you know, I watched the Holy Trilogy. And, you know, my life is pretty much Star Wars now. You know, I've, I've got a tattoo on my arm of the trilogy. You know, like, I just, I, I love this. I love these movies. And, and. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to speak for the other guys because they have fantastic stories too, but it's always been a major point in my life, Star Wars, in some way or, or form. Because uh, I did watch the original trilogy. Of course, there was special editions that came out in the 90s. Uh, you know, I remember highly anticipating Phantom Menace. And I also, for most people who don't remember, nobody bitched about that. Oh, sorry if I, I'm not on to curse. Oh, you are. are. No, we're super good. sexy on ours, so like we, we do curse on our show. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody complained about that movie right after. You know, it, it was it had to set in like it was by like VHS. I think more people started complaining when that came out, mm -hmm. and people were definitely complaining by Attack of the Clones. Uh, <laughs> but even that was highly anticipated. But like when you walked out of that theater, people were in. They were like. It's back. Star Wars is back. This is amazing. We've gotten so much more. Um, there's never really been like, there's a lot of hate about it now. And I think that's because the internet is the devil, but Star Wars has always been around. And I'll tell you what I watched. My kids watched all of the live action movies uh, last year, like during COVID, like we, I sat them down and they were, my nine-year-old was really into it. And my four-year-old was like, you know, Star Wars, whatever. This is amazing. They both loved every single one of them. Even the Ewoks. They love every love single one of them. And they, when you grow up, I never stop loving the Ewoks. I don't care what anybody says. I love the Ewoks. Jar Jar, yeah. Jar Jar is a little much. 
<laughs> but you know, uh, Ahmad Best still deserves you know recognition for what he did. Thank you, Zach. Uh, you know, but uh, you know, so at different points in my life, you know, I grew up a nerd, so I grew up getting beat up. This was the way it was, uh, and I loved comic books. I loved Star Wars. I loved all things movies. So you got beat up for that stuff back in the day. I don't know if they do that now, but when I say beat up, I mean head hitting bricks, you know, type of stuff in know, lockers. Yep. Oh yeah. Lockers. They would rip your stuff up. Um, you know, and star Wars was a big one that people picked on a lot, but my friends and I, we loved it and we were into it and we, you know, we held on to that love forever, but I've never met a person who finally sat down and watched star Wars and didn't like it. You know, that's, yeah. and that's just me. I'm not saying they don't exist. I'm just saying I've never met a person that sat down and watched Star Wars and didn't like it. And you know what? Uh, it's still an, such an amazing trilogy. Uh, you know, it's an amazing se- series of movies. Even the new ones, you know, were something to be, you know, gawked at by kids. That's for kids, man. They loved it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, my kids sat down and were like, Rise of Skywalker is amazing. And I'm like, mm, I mean, <laughs> sure. You know, but I love the original trilogy, but it's for them. So seeing all of that, like throughout my life and seeing it from all points star wars my bond with star wars is even stronger yeah for sure i mean that's that's like one of those classic tropes that star wars has brought to the table along with so many others um is the like nerd who loves star wars and wears like the graphic tee who gets pushed into a locker like you see that parodied (laughs) everywhere Yep. Yep. Yeah. Oh, there <laughs> the he madman's got there, it. There he is, right there. <laughs> Find a walker. <laughs> we took those hits because we loved what we loved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm also yeah, I'm also great. just really glad to hear. Uh, I'm really glad to hear, Mick, that you didn't like well actually your kids about like the rise of Skywalker. <laughs> I let them if they love it. There's a reason they love it. I don't. I'm not going to turn them away from it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And you shouldn't. Uh, so I was born in 1983. So I was born at the time of Return of the Jedi coming out. Mm-hmm. And my aunt is actually the one who got me into it. I think it was like six or seven and really got me stoked for Star Wars. And it was something that had already built up. And I started to get the action figures from flea markets, you know, just from local places. So Star Wars was always part of my life. Mm-hmm. Like there's not a point in my life where I don't know Star Wars. Now, Star Wars was also one of the things that as a big nerd, I was able to make friends very easily with Uh, was one of the few ways I could open up to other jocks, other people and other friend groups and things and other cliques. And Star Wars was like a a defining thing that we could always come together on. Mm -hmm. So Star Wars has always been in my life. I mean, uh, when Phantom Menace came out, I actually skipped school to go see it and it was like the one thing i did that was like oh i'm a bad kid i'm gonna go skip school so excited <laughs> for a thursday afternoon showing it was stupid yeah. but it was awesome it was, it was so rad and to share that and i think that's the biggest thing with star wars it's a shared community because even going to clone wars or tech of the clones i was in the military that time and i'm hanging out with five or six other guys who you would never think like they were the guys who stuffed me in lockers that was my life, as Mick said. Those were the the bullies. But when it comes to Star Wars, you were able to find common ground and then interact. So Star Wars has been something that not only has been around for a long time and always been fantastic in my life, but it's always been a bridge. It's always been something that I've been able to meet and reach out to other people. And it's almost the first thing we can all agree on. 
everyone can always agree on, oh, yeah, I'm a Star Wars fan. You're a Star Wars fan. We're all Star Wars fans. And then we can always fight over what little infighting we choose to do. You know, whether it be Ewoks or shit or that Jar Jar Binks is annoying, like whatever you want to do, whatever you want to battle over, it's fun to do because you're in a safe space and it's something that you're able to share bonds with. And I mean, I still have friends to this day that I barely talk to. But if there's a new Star Wars movie coming out, probably going to go to that midnight show. It's pretty exciting to always have that through the years. Nick and I are a couple of them. Yeah. I mean, we have pictures of us at the different premieres. like you know, of Star Wars, because that was like our thing for a while. And it, it just, it, it, we felt like kids again. Yep. It is something in you that just excites your soul a little bit. It gives you that sense of adventure that is so rare and frightening and uncomfortable. And a lot of people, it just doesn't happen frequently. So it was a cool thing to experience at a young age that just existed mm-hmm. my entire life. So when you talk about, you know, kind of being the babies, as y'all are, here on entertain this young cats we old folk remember this as being yeah this is a this was a thing it's always existed for us it's always been part of who we are and it has kind of formulated and shaped nerd culture Mm -hmm. yeah i didn't expect to be the oldest person on this panel which is i think uh, (laughs) it's, it's upsetting for me but uh so i was born in 78 and uh you know star wars had come out just a year before and my dad, you know, I grew up in a like a backwater hillbilly part of Maryland. And my dad was a guy who didn't get past the eighth grade. He went to the Air Force to be a mechanic and he grew up on a farm. Uh, he wasn't really like a dad. Uh, he was just he was a man, you know, who took care of his stuff. But there was just something about Star Wars. Like we never like played baseball catch. We never did a football catch. We didn't do stuff like that. But for some reason, we lived across the street from a uh, I'm not sure why that's funny. <laughs> I thought that was a sad part, but whatever. Uh, we lived across the street from this. Uh... <laughs> oh, I think it was the yeah. doing a foot. <laughs> I think it was the doing a football catch that got me. Yeah, we never did okay. a football catch. That was the line that got me. Oh, yeah. So, okay. So I'm, I'm still getting bullied by a bunch of uh, tweeners, which is great. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, cool. Uh, let's get to this. Let's get to this movie that I love so much. Uh, no, but we lived across the street from a like a drive-in movie, and I remember my dad at like I mean the youngest. He told me he was even younger than I can remember, but I remember he would walk over and we would sit on top of this person's roof, which was my dad's friend, and we would just take me out to like the drive-in uh, on on top of a roof, and we would just watch Star Wars, and it was kind of the thing that we did every single year around the holidays for some reason, and it was odd because he had a VHS tape that he recorded it when it came on TV once, so we watch it with the commercial still and fast forward it and then he would record some parts over because he thought they were a little bit too violent for me um but so this was way before the culture of like obviously the internet or anybody really talking except for like magazines that you would read and cut things out and give to your friends like oh have you seen this or you know weird maybe weird radio programs you'd hear at nighttime um but then so i started working at a blockbuster video in 1996 and that was my very first job i was like you know 17 years old and i was like just the king of movies and i worked there with like guys that were about six and eight years older than me and they would give me movies every single day to take home it's like you need to watch this this is your homework you can't be a man unless you know what this movie's about and it's like great movies like american me and you know just some some beautiful movies like akira and movies that people just need to watch in their Mm -hmm. life and every single week there was always a new hope in that thing 
And I'm like, dude, I've already seen this. And they're like, hey, you have to understand this movie is something special. So fast forward a couple years later, uh, my daughter is born in uh, January of 1999. And, you know, we're, we're just we're all friends and fans. And uh, the very first thing I ever let her see when her little puppy eyes open is, uh, you know, a, a VHS tape of Star Wars. The new uh, Phantom Menace comes out in May of 1999. Now, being an insider because of Blockbuster, I knew that there was a preview to the uh, to Star Wars. If you bought a ticket to see Meet Joe Black, you could see the Star Wars Phantom Menace trailer. So we would buy every single ticket of Meet Joe Black just to watch the trailer because you, it wasn't on TVs ever. It was just in the theaters. The only way you could see the trailer is in the theater. So we would literally buy seven tickets of Meet Joe Black just to watch it every two and a half hours. And we wouldn't even watch the movie. I saw the movie maybe once, uh, but we didn't sit for a movie. Only watch just the trailer and then when the movie came out now you couldn't buy tickets online you couldn't do any of that stuff so you actually had to wait outside uh for a ticket and they allowed you to wait for up to two weeks so i was the number two person in line in this theater in delaware and i sat outside for 11 days in a tent to get tickets to go see phantom menace i got interviewed by the newspaper and they're like why are you doing this and like you know every once in a while like my my wife at the time would come bring my daughter we would just sit in line for a full day and people like what are you doing and i'm like this movie just means something more than just you know lights and sounds there's something about this that just gets into your soul and makes you relate to things that you should not relate to these are space wizards and you know playing with <laughs> droids that talk to you while, while a bunch of uh, weird shit is going on but for some reason when that first movie comes on no matter what you're doing it is a cell phone down movie and you just mm -hmm. like I'm, I'm going to kind of get into this again. And you know I, I, I review movies as part of what I'm doing right now and I feel that there's not many perfect movies that have ever existed. Star Wars, the original trilogy, contains two perfect movies. And that is a feat that cannot be done, especially in sci-fi. Sci-fi is geared for people to fight. It is fiction, which means there's no real, but for some reason people fight about it. And like Mick said, like the, everyone either fights about Star Wars or complains. But the thing is that the biggest people that hate Star Wars are Star Wars fans. They hate mm -hmm. things because it never made them feel how special it made them feel the first time. But that's mm -hmm. not a bad thing. It's a great thing because it made them feel something so powerful that they want that back and they cannot have that back. So when you find out Phantom Menace is coming out, you're like, oh my God, it's back. Star Wars is back. What the hell? This is back. I just have VHS tapes of this. Then you watch this movie and you're like, okay. It, it's back. That's cool. Uh, I'll watch it again and again and again. And I'm like, wait, this maybe this doesn't feel exactly like my Star Wars, but sure, Star Wars. And then mix it when, you know, uh, Attack of the Clones came out. You're like, here we go. It's back in a couple of years now. There's not no more waiting decades. It's back. And then you watch it. You're like, OK, it's Star Wars. I'm in. I f it feels cool. But like something's really weird about it now. But um yeah, but there is just something. And, you know, I took my daughter to see this movie. She was four months old and she sat in a carrier next to me and she watched this. And this this is one of the most loud human beings on the planet. I cannot make this child ever be quiet. She even <laughs> talks. She complains about my cooking while she's sleeping. But when I took her to see Phantom Menace, this little ball of, of annoyance just sat still and eyes opened and just consumed this thing. And it's weird because. Not many movies you see with somebody and you can have a connection with, you know, it's like, wow, that, you know, what, what did you think? How, how did that, well, uh, you know, you go see like an alien movie. It's like, wow, that was cool. All right, whatever. Let's go eat dinner. But when you leave a Star Wars, you're like, so what did you think? How was that Star Wars? And even my partner, I'm married currently. 
And my partner and I, on our very first date, you know, we were kind of chit-chatting and it's like, what do you want to do? And um, she's like, you know, I want to go see that Star Wars movie. And I was like, oh, and that's uh, when Last Jedi just came out. Mm. And I was like, I mean, I've already seen it five times. And she's like, you know, I just want to meet somebody that says like, I've already seen Star Wars like six times, but I just want to see it with you because that makes it different. And I'm like, you know what, dude? I was like, let's go right now. Let's drop what we're doing. And we literally packed up our food and we went and saw Star Wars. And that was the beginning of our life together. And yeah. we left that theater. It's like, okay, what did that mean to you? And and that started an actual conversation, not just stupid date conversation. So mm. uh, Star Wars is the most beautiful movie that has ever existed. Uh, it, it surpasses every single uh, genre. It surpasses everything because, yeah, like, 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 uh, uh, like Casey said, you know, you always find somebody that likes it and loves it, that almost loves it more than you, but just has something special about it that just means a, a little bit special. And mm-hmm. that, that, that's that's different than just saying like, ah, I don't like this actor because it, it all means something. They something I saw with their grandparent or with their, you know, and, and even Phantom Menace, the day that I saw it, my grandfather died. And I didn't know that because I was at a movie theater because I didn't go to work that day. So when I went back to work three hours later, like, hey, man, your dad's been calling you. And I'm like, dude, Star Wars, let me tell you about this and uh my dad's like what were you doing your grandfather just passed and i'm like i was in the movies and he's like what do you what do you mean you're in the movies and i was like i i'm sorry i guess i should have been home but i was seeing star wars and my dad was like all right i'm gonna come pick you up we'll see star wars and then we'll go visit our family and then me and him went and just sat down star wars even though his dad just died we watched star wars together he held my hand and we left that theater and went and visited his mom and it was uh it's a beautiful thing and uh star wars is it is a perfect concept uh with a lot of flawed components to it wow Casey can attest to this because a huge thing for star wars for us he was the best man at my wedding and my wife had never seen Star Wars before we met. And we sat down and watched them all before we got married. And she was so into them. And I, but I didn't realize how into them she had actually gotten. And she knew how much they meant to me. And so as a surprise, you know how, you know, everybody will kind of get on either side when they announce you at the reception. Mm-hmm. We walked in and everybody had a lightsaber. All lit up. <laughs> wow. That's <laughs> no so way. cool. She put that all together because she knew how important it was. And, you know, Casey was like one of the, one of the guys that was there, like talking to her about it, like, you know, you know, why this will be, you know, amazing and stuff. And like, it just, it's in every, like Zach said, it's in every fiber of our being, really. Yeah, it was cool. I mean, like before you could just watch the movie over and over again, like when Phantom Menace came out, we would literally bring like notebooks into the theater. And when somebody's name was mentioned, we would write their name down real fast. And we go back to our notebooks and try to look up their name and be like, is this somebody from somewhere? And then, you know, when, when you watch like the pod race and there's all those people and without you know, having their name and clicking on it and going through the internet and be like, oh, here's their Wikipedia of all the people. It's like you would need to go back through your old books. And, you know, even to this day, I, I I would show you, but my room is a mess. But I still have, uh, if I could count quickly, probably 45 uh, paperback of all the Star Wars paperback that now is just legends, you know, that doesn't exist in lore. But somebody told me once, like, if you want to know more about these characters, you want to know about Luke's kid, you got to get this book. And then you would buy that book and read Mm -hmm. it and then go get the next book. And, you know, and, and the lore was in 
you know, paperbacks. And then the nerds were like, well, actually, I could tell you more about what happened to Boba Fett's armor, but blah, blah, blah. And everybody's like, nerds, that's not what happened, Boba Fett, you know. But it was also <laughs> I, back in the time when like the Ewok movies were coming out on TV and the, the holiday, you know, was on TV. Yeah. So you would just record this and watch it. So that was all part of Star Wars also. Like, hey, Battle of Endor, that's that's a Star Wars movie somewhere. Mm-hmm. And then you grow up, you're like, what the fuck is this movie? Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. I couldn't think of a better segue into our our next guest who we have coming on. Um, it's a, a good friend of the show. He actually makes our music for us, but he's going to start. He's going to talk to us about the kind of deeper lore that you're talking about, Zach. Um, but just to kind of wrap up this segment. Um, and we again, thank you guys so much for coming on. Like you guys told some super powerful oh, yeah. stories that like I didn't even expect, especially yeah. Zach, just like I could tell you're a screenwriter because even in your like short telling, there were parallels between like you and your dad <laughs> and you and your daughter. And then it wraps up at the end with like the death of your grandpa and like how you and your dad just went and saw that last Star Wars film to feel better. Oh, my God. I watched a like screenplay play out in my head. Absolutely <laughs> hey, beautiful it's, story. It's, it's poetry. It's poetry. It really is. It really is. Um, I'm going to ask one more question, and as fast as you guys can answer, we're going to try to keep it a little short because our next guest True. is in the studio. Um, no, okay. no, right. not that. Right. And keep, no. keep it as short as you can, but this is a big question. Um, Star Wars contains maybe one of the biggest twists, uh, at least the original trilogy, one of the biggest twists in all cinematic history. Uh, there's that special moment where you hear Darth Vader say, uh, that he is Luke Skywalker's father. Was that something that was spoiled to you guys before viewing it? Or did you experience it firsthand without knowing? And if so, how did that feel in like three words? If you can manage that. <laughs> I cried. I cried in the theater and my dad, three had words, a, three words. my dad, <laughs> I, I cried off. I cried hard. Cut his mic. <laughs> uh it was truly amazing. Uh it wasn't spoiled for me and it was shocking. That is incredible. And yeah. I want to dive so much deeper into that moment for you guys. And maybe that'll be its its own segment on next year's Star Wars Extravaganza as we do uh episode three but until then thank you guys again for coming on we're going to transition over to our next segment you guys rock hey thanks for having us y'all take it easy be awesome thank you thank for you sure. thank all of you oh i forgot to say it may the fourth be with you <laughs> hey that's pretty good guys that was an incredible segment oh my um, god super powerful man this yeah. is shaping up to be a crazy star wars may the fourth special <laughs> <laughs> two more segments whoa oh yeah we weren't expecting any of that it's just wow and now it's crazy like you know because i'm stuck in like you know 26 year old head space here it's like Mm -hmm. yeah the first movie came out when i was alive who gives who gives a heck you know yeah then i watched it and then the internet hated it and then made memes out of it and that's how i experienced my memes today Mm -hmm. they're so worse so yeah and i mean i think the first time i heard the like i am your father it was on the fairly odd parents like before i had even watched star wars it was spoiled to me like i knew darth vader was luke's father before i knew who luke and darth vader were yeah um so that's kind of super interesting what it must have been like to not have that spoiled for you before the time of the internet and cable TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now it's just like a bit. You're right. We're going to keep barreling forward, though, um, because we are going to try to keep this in a reasonable time and not do a two hour special <laughs> because we're on a network now. So that being said, we're going to bring in uh, a good friend of the show, but I won't spoil it. We'll let this video do the talking for us.
It's DJ W. What's up? <laughs> Yo, hey, what's, right. up? what's going on, guys? Can you hear me? Yeah, you yeah, sound great. Great, man. Awesome. Welcome to the awesome. welcome to the podcast, especially the the video version of it, because you've mm-hmm. been on our show before. Mm-hmm. Um, and last time that you were on our show, you said you guys just did a May the Fourth special. You didn't invite <laughs> me to come on, and I said to you, <laughs> next year we're gonna have you on so that you can delve into some of the deep lore that not everybody knows. Because um, yes. that's what you and I originally bonded over. Uh, was mm-hmm. we? I think you were telling me about like what you wanted to see the. Um, the third trilogy contain uh and you were telling me all the like deep lore from the legend stuff so i'm curious about that um okay i'm just gonna kind of hand this over to you and you can just tell us inform us on some stuff you think maybe we don't know about the star wars yeah so um specifically what i was talking to you about was george lucas basically and um for everyone listening to this you can easily go on youtube there's a channel called star wars theory where um the guy that runs it does perfect of going into deep lore and he actually reads the comics like in voiceover and everything but um basically i wish we would have gotten where we saw luke and um Mara Jade, who was his wife in Legends, and then Han and Leia's kids. Um, basically, they took on that sequel saga, and it basically mm-hmm. became Anakin Solo, who was Han and Leia's um, son. You know, he kind of that's where they got Ben Solo from. That's basically who it was. Mm-hmm. He was raised mm-hmm. by them. Um, was kind of hidden. His true heritage was hidden. You know, it wasn't told to him that Vader was his grandfather for a while. Um, he was named Anakin for a reason because the dude was just awfully powerful. Like at age six, I believe there is a point in Legends where like he crushed a ship on accident, like a ship that was Jeez. flying, like using the force. He crushed it. Like, yeah, crazy. Like it, it to the point Luke pretty much was like at a certain point, I don't know what i can do with him because if he's you know continue continuing going up this power scale at what point why run out of stuff to teach him Mm -hmm. so it basically becomes this war between cousins you know um uh han and leia's other kids you know they um i can't remember their names right now but they had uh one other and uh she becomes a jedi and then luke has two children a boy and a girl they become jedi and Mm -hmm. it becomes this all-out war anakin solo basically rebuilds the empire he's a new darth vader slash palpatine and Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's just whole, like I said, I wish I had time to really dive deep and <laughs> grab my books and sit here. But like I said, Star Wars Theory, great channel. They'll have all that. One thing I really wanted to tell you guys about was when we think of villains, Vader obviously comes up, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yeah. he's one of the most iconic villains. A lot of people don't realize that Vader was actually, in terms of power, he was one of the strongest, but he actually was not that strong compared to what Anakin even was in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. And hmm. I think what's interesting is Marvel just released, well, um, it's been coming out for a while. Last year, they were releasing um, their Vader series was basically basically explain his story in between the movies. Hmm. And where it's explained there is that you know, as we all know, Sith are most powerful when they're completely into the dark side. Like they're feeling yeah, off mm-hmm. their emotions, hatred, anger. Well, yep. what we find out is Vader 
um, in between, I think it's, yeah, in between four and five, he finds out, obviously, that Palpatine lied to him. He's searching to find out who Luke Skywalker is, why his name, last name is Skywalker. Is this really his son? He comes across Padme's tomb and he sees a recording where he actually watches her death. Like he sees, mm-hmm. like it was recorded, you know, the scene of Revenge of Sith where Yoda, Obi-Wan were there. He actually mm-hmm. saw in canon, Vader saw it on camera. And, oh, and ouch. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. And so at that point, basically, the comments explained that that was the turning point. That was when the Anakin that was always there really started coming to light. And theoretically, from then on to, you know, episode six, he technically was weaker because he mm-hmm. wasn't completely, you know, immersed in the dark side. He had all these emotions. He found out he had been lied to. He realizes, you know, he was tricked. He didn't really have to do the things he did. And so a lot of people, I would say, I think there was a scale is what I was looking at. And between Luke and episode six, the Empire, the Emperor, Obi-Wan and Mace Windu, Vader actually was weaker than though than all yeah. of those characters listed. Yeah. In terms of force strength. You know, it's it's crazy. Like it's one would usually like chalk it up to like the limitations of like technology at the time and mm-hmm. like what they could show off, but it plays off so well when you go from like episode three to episode four and you see that power difference where it's like Anakin was this like incredibly strong force user who was like one of the best lightsaber duelists like in the galaxy to the point where even like he kills Count Dooku essentially by himself. Uh, And then you go to uh, episode four and five and six. and It's like, oh, he can't move like he used to. Like Mm -hmm. he's essentially just like a walking tank at this point. Like. And yeah, it's it's crazy to see like how they go through and explain all that different like lore in the background. It's incredible. Yeah. How well thought out it is. Hmm. Yeah. And those uh, I know that the Legends comics um, especially kind of also go into like the minds of certain stormtroopers before they all became clones and like the journeys that they went on and i know that there was one in particular and i don't know the details of it i don't know if you're familiar with it but it kind of sculpted what later um became the character in uh in the newer series whose name i cannot remember right now but the stormtrooper character who kind of finn finn yeah, yeah okay. finn. finn he kind of his F-N. story kind of turns into finn's um story later on in the movies yeah i know he, yeah yeah i'm drawing a blank on the name but yeah it, exactly and it, it's so many parallels like you said between mm-hmm. what disney did you know with legends mm-hmm. and like um i think the guy the your guest before me zach um what he was saying like it i'm one of those star wars fans that i'm so submerged in it that things like that gets me frustrated because there's so much you know i wish they would have done and yeah you know so much lore deeper lore and i feel like disney just kind of pinched that and was just like yeah well whatever yeah (laughs) yeah i mean disney i will say like disney was in like a rough spot because while they're like there is so much lore that they could have worked off of at the same time. Like a lot of that lore came from so many different sources mm-hmm. that managing to like put a fully thought out and complete story together. Granted, like someone argue they still weren't able to, um, but like 
to do that with how much was already out there would be near impossible. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it's. I remember I I kind of grew up a little bit on the legend mm-hmm. stories, like as like I was gifted when I was like eight or t- eight nine or ten, like a five box set of the stories about like Luke's son, um, and I remember reading a lot about it and having that in the back of my head just made so much more in the stories, just like more impactful and makes so much more sense. And that's really where, in like my opinion, a lot of those like legend stories, um, they do a really good job of just being like additive to the experience. Yeah, Hmm. for sure. So I guess my next question to you, Devin would be because you know more about lore than, uh, I, at least know I do. Um, do you see a future for the Star Wars franchise or do you think that these three movies are going to be kind of the bookend to all or do you think there's something else out there that they could make so movies out of? I think I've been reading on the Internet and the and the sources that I am reading this from are the same sources that said um, not that I don't want to spoil anything, but like the major guest appearances that happened in the Mandalorian, they guessed they were right about that. Mm-hmm. How episode um, nine was going to mm-hmm. end. They were right about that. So they're, they've been pretty accurate from what I'm reading. And what's been told is that Disney is in the works of, so Disney plus is where they're going to kind of continue on with what they've done to a certain point and kind of build on, you know, the Ahsoka series we have coming up, the Mandalorian, the Boba Mm -hmm. Fett. They're going to do that lore there. But in the next few years, they're talking about basically kind of doing like a multiverse thing. So the sequels that we just got won't won't actually oh, like eventually it's kind of going to be it's going to exist but it's going to be a race so they're going to say okay i don't know how exactly how they're going to bring that about although there is a multiverse that does exist in star wars that's another thing a lot of people don't know that in the darth vader comics they mm-hmm. announced um and that's actually how he went back to actually talk to padme he built a cat his castle on mustafar is actually a um time machine that he found um, and was able to build. And so there's there's actually multiverses and time travel in Star Wars now canon. So with that, yeah, with that, wow. Disney, with that. What? The, yeah, I know, <laughs> I know, I know. I think, <laughs> with, with that, Disney, and I think they purposely did that in the comics so that, you know, going forward, when all of a sudden Ray is somebody different or is non-existent, it makes sense. Because mm-hmm. then you can go back and look in the comics and be like, mm-hmm. well, wait, Vader actually traveled back in the past and almost brought Padme back to life, but it just didn't work. You know, it didn't work because he was too conflicted. He wasn't pure. So the time essence Mm -hmm. didn't allow him to do it and stuff like that. So I think we will get new stuff. I, I know that there is a universe, at least I have seen kind of pictures or maybe like fan illustrations where, um, somehow Anakin survives the the Darth Vader experience and becomes like a light version of Vader but like he like doesn't wear the mask anymore mm-hmm. and like he's still like all burnt up but now he is a Jedi once more yeah wow that'd be that'd be amazing I would love to see that I would love to see that um if honestly they started doing some what if scenarios kind of like that like originally I would love to see George Lucas original plan for the series when Vader died um he had two two things were going to happen. The first one he thought of was Luke was when he takes off his helmet 
Luke was mm-hmm. actually going to be in such turmoil because of his father's death that he couldn't save him that he put on the helmet and said, now I'm Vader. And he was supposed mm-hmm. to be the villain for the next three movies after that. And then he, the second option he had was he wanted actually Vader to go after Leia. Because technically, again, another fun fact, Leia was naturally stronger in the Force than Luke. By, from birth. Hmm. Luke yeah. obviously trained, you know, even in, we saw in the uh, Return of Jedi or Rise of Skywalker, Leia trained yeah. to a certain point. Um, but Leia naturally was actually more gifted. And so the it was actually supposed to be Vader and Leia were going to overturn the Emperor. And then Luke was basically going to have to take both of them down. So his sister and his father. So I would gotcha. love to see like alternate, you know, what ifs, like if that happened you know, how would things go from there? Oh, yeah. And I'm yeah. crazy. I mean, like Disney has such like a vested interest now in Star Wars and to making sure that it like is not just like a major part of like nerd culture just going mm-hmm. on for the rest of the time, but also like continue just making stuff, just whatever it can be that like there's ultimate potential for anything to happen. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I'm all for it. Oh, Give yeah. us more of that Star Wars juice, oh, man. Oh, yeah. And I think what they're doing with Disney Plus is brilliant, too. Like, the sh- shows and oh, series. Yeah. Yeah, give people a break from the movies. You know, there's so much yeah. tension and aftermath from that. So, I think if they give us some good TVs, the Obi-Wan series that's coming up, um, oh, yeah. I think that's mm. about to be brilliant. Like, I'm oh, ready yeah. for it. We Absolutely. have Hayden Christensen sure. back, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Aren't they bringing Hugh McGregor back too? Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. He's playing. Yep. Nice. Yep. Yo, that's gonna be so sick. Yeah. yeah. I'm so excited <laughs> yeah. for that. It's it's gonna be good. I hate that it's a limited. Like it's not gonna have multiple seasons, which I understand. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. I mean, again, me being a Legends guy, there there's a lot that Obi Wan did between three and four. Like he's oh, yeah. encountered. Uh, non-spoiler, you know, a familiar foe that you're aware of before mm-hmm. the original trilogy. He's countered several times in between three and four and other characters. And I f- feel like they could do more. But if it, if it's a good six episodes, I think it's going to be like six hour long episodes, then I'll, you know, I'll take it. And yeah, they're probably going to follow like a similar approach to like Falcon and the Winter Soldier of just like... Mm-hmm. Telling like a like longer form, but still like contained story. Oh, I'm yeah. so excited! I like those. <laughs> yeah, they're digestible because uh, with the movie, it's like it's a three hour long block. You have to you know adjust your day accordingly, mm-hmm. and yeah, you got to sit there and you got to watch the entire thing in one sitting. But with episodes, I mean, you can just you can knock it out in one night. Yeah, and just sit on the couch, and if you want to watch more. And then you got to wait for the next Friday well, and the next Friday. And then the along Friday. with that, and it keeps you coming back. Along with that, like you, you're getting these like hour long, six hour long episodes. Like you're getting a lot more content. Like you can oh, yeah. get a lot more out of it than you could with a movie. And that's what I'm really excited for. I love oh, the yeah. Mandalorian. I loved the Boba Fett, uh, little tie in they had in there. Mm-hmm. Sorry. That was a light a little spoiler, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> It's not look, Boba Fett. Okay, he's in there. You should have seen. You should have seen that and, coming. And you got the Mandalorian. I've been trying that. Like that's why I've been trying to catch myself with spoilings. I know there might be people that haven't seen it, but like you said, I mean, it's been out mm-hmm. for months now. At this point, the internet. I'm sure yeah. you've been spoiled you by the, the internet. The Baby Yoda thing, and right? We that's love been Baby Yoda, don't we? Don't we, guys? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everybody oh, loves this Baby Yoda. You yep. make anything a baby, we'll eat it up. Oh yeah. So is the is the Mandalorian based off of established canon? 
That'd be my yeah, question. Tell me that. Yeah. Or is it just something Disney came up with? As far as I'm aware, I think he's a new character. Okay. Um, I'm not even aware of who he would be based off of in Legends material. Um mm-hmm. trying to think the time because the time period is before the sequels. Mm-hmm. Luke's, you know, it's it's in the primary of Luke rebuild getting ready to rebuild his Jedi Temple. So yeah, I just I I would believe that it was a fairly new character. Like they probably got the idea, you know, from somewhere, like in influences. Mm-hmm. But as far as I'm concerned, he wasn't like somebody in Legends before. Hmm. Yeah, I will say that they Very did do like a really good job of pulling all the lore for like uh, the Mandalorians from all the like pre-existing sources. Like they stuck yeah. really well to that. Nice. Um, I think my last question for you would be, and you you got a little bit of time left, so feel free to expand. Okay. But out of all of out of all of the legend stories that you've heard, and take your time trying to think of one if if you need. Um, what would you want to see Disney Plus turn into maybe a short series um, that's maybe as far out from the original canon as it can be, but still falls in that same universe? What's your favorite story that you would like to see go live? Oh, man. Um, so I got two. Uh, the first one is okay. I would love to see. So we all know episode five, Darth Vader cuts off Luke's hand. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. Um, So oh, yeah. F in Legends, Emperor Palpatine actually cut off that hand and uh, made a clone, made a clone. I can't remember if he either cloned himself like after his death um, from the hand of Luke or he cloned Luke, had a clone of Luke Mm -hmm. that was activated after his death. And um, on YouTube, there's like a crazy fan made CGI of that fight that explains how the Legends book (laughs) did it. And oh man, it was a crazy fight because it really pushed Luke. Like Luke was inches away, like to fully submerge himself to the dark side in order to beat the clone Luke. Like it was just a crazy emotional fight. You know, mm-hmm. it really pushed him to the edge. I think it was important for his character. Um, and then the second would be the, which I think we're getting, but um, the Knights of the Old Republic. That's still yes. considered somewhat mm. legend. Some of it is starting to make its way to canon, but the Knights of the Old Republic, um, I would love to see that, especially if they say the Game of Thrones directors uh, do. Yeah. They're still going to do those. That sounds hmm. awesome. I would love to see that. All right, man. Yeah, that sounds great. Dude, again, just another great segment. So so yeah. apparently we're doing all right. Um <laughs> Before we let you go, uh, DJW, do you have anything that you want to plug? Any like projects you're working on or any like songs you want people to go stream? Oh, man. Um, I got so many coming out right now. It's I can't even yeah. pick one. But um, obviously, uh, if you're interested, um, for all your listeners, um, I do music for podcasts, artists, um, D33JW. Look me up on YouTube. I have free beats on there that you can always download to use for streaming. Um, that's a big thing. Actually, I want to promote is I make beats on YouTube that you can have to make music, uh, make full songs, you know, for streaming, Twitch, podcast, all that stuff. So um, even just for listening, 
uh, pleasure. So yeah, and your name is D three three J W. It's listed right there on the screen yep. for anybody mm-hmm. who wants that. I know a lot of podcasters listen to us, so if you guys are looking for new music uh, for your podcasts or anything like that, go check out DJW on YouTube. He's got some great stuff that you guys can use, and uh, he'd really appreciate. We really appreciate it too. Uh, make sure that you reach out to him though, and let him know that you're using it and how much you like it, because I'm oh, yeah. sure that'll make him feel good for sure. <laughs> sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thanks again for coming on, man, with your deep lore cuts. We ah, really appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Guys, we're pulling it off. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing it. <laughs> oh, God. Take a brief on. aside. Just be like, we did it. <laughs> I'm really glad that, like, we've been able to avoid talking about Star Wars for, like, the last year, like, as much as possible, because, like, it's really making me happy to talk about it again right now. <laughs> Oh yeah. yeah, it wasn't it wasn't by design or anything. It just we didn't have a movie to discuss or mm. bicker about, so we right. didn't. <laughs> so a uh, nice segue that I'd like to ride into our next segment uh, would be we were just talking about Disney Plus and Disney's uh, acquiring of Star Wars and what they're doing with it. And they're doing some good stuff over there. We all love the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. um, and Baby Yoda Definitely. probably made billions and billions of dollars to some to somebody um and good for them for that but even furthermore uh with disney acquiring star wars or being allowed to use them we've seen a lot of uh awesome experiences come out of that and we've brought uh someone who i would say is an expert and of course is a friend of the show Mm -hmm. someone who our audience is more than familiar with so let's get right into that Welcome to the show, Nick Wolf. How's it going? Oh, there uh-oh. he is. I'm back. Uh oh, he's back. Uh oh, uh oh, spaghettios. You know, I I joined not early. I know Alex prior uh, to today's you know episode, you were like, hey, you should tune in and you know listen to the show and kind of get a feel. Um, super swamped today. A lot of crazy nah, things happening no right worries, now. Um, I'm s- s- drinking, obviously, to just <laughs> get through the day. Um, but I, when I chimed in, I, I caught the last bit of your previous guest mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you all talking about Mandalorian and everything like that. And um, there were so many times when I was like, damn it, I need to chime in. I need, I need, to, I need to set the record straight on some things. Um, so I'm excited to talk about Star Wars. But then when you segue to me, I was super surprised uh that i was surprised that i'm talking about um what is it uh the theme parks Mm -hmm. i was not expecting that you were experiencing them firsthand um yes but we can talk about we talk about anything that you would you would like but i do want to kind of delve in because you've experienced these star wars far away worlds uh galaxy's edge is a i believe what it's called Mm -hmm. uh firsthand and probably multiple times uh which is Mm -hmm. way more than i can say uh, and i can't speak for the other two hosts but uh i've never been no i haven't either neither have i yep so so we we brought you on um and if you could just and we'll talk about your your Star Wars hot takes after afterwards. Sure. We'll yeah, have yeah, time, yeah. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, just to like get us going. Yeah, we. I want to talk about the parks if you're if you're down. Yeah, no, I'm certainly down. Uh, I, I don't know how you want me to delve into this, but uh, I guess I can start with. Um, you know, this has been kind of a long gestating thing over the course of since you know when Disney you know purchased Star Wars, and it 
it um it's a, it's an interesting thing because I actually got the chance, the opportunity to go, to go out to Disneyland, which was the first park that opened. Uh, Galaxy's Edge opened at Disneyland first, and I I like joined some like lottery system where I was able to go out there, and I had like a three hour window to tour the park, mm-hmm. and at, it it um. One of the rides was not open. It was Rise of the Resistance. It was the like top tier ride, the one that everyone was really excited about, the one that was like allegedly like 20 minutes long, the whole experience and everything like that. So the only thing I got to do was the Millennium Falcon ride. Um, both parks now, as it stands in 2021, are pretty much the same thing. Uh, there's some minor differences here and there, but for the most part, they are the same. And I guess what I would just, I guess, in general, summarize it as is that it is the most immersive, detailed uh, theme park I've ever been to. Um, Wow. And this is hot off the heels of Universal coming out swinging with the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Uh, And Disney tried their hand at trying to create that sort of immersive experience. movie property theme uh with avatar right uh pandora and it was a mm-hmm. hit um but once they acquired star wars it transcended into a whole new ballpark and everyone knew it was a matter of time before this came out and it's it is one of the craziest things i've ever been to and personally i think everyone should go out there and check it out um if you guys have questions about it please like i'm i know i'm kind of rambling because honestly there's a lot of things to talk about whether it's from the attractions the the interactive with the cast members or whether it's the uh the food even you know oh yeah uh and the bar that they have there so by all means like i would love to i would love to answer some questions if you have any about pretty much all of this yeah, you pretty much just made a list of all the things I had questions about. <laughs> so if we just want to like go ahead and delve straight in, Pick my brain. let's <laughs> let's start. Let's start. Um, Can we you start kinda, with the food? Because I'm a little hungry. Yeah, let's start with the food. <laughs> start with the food. Sure. Yeah. Sure. We got to. Um, there are there are two. What I guess I would say uh, uh, restaurants. Um, mm-hmm. They're like food, quick beverage service. You kind of walk up. Um, Docking Bay 7, I believe is what it's called. And then Ronto Roasters. Um, Ronto Roasters is, I think, my favorite. Um, They have this thing called the Ronto Wrap. It's like this pita bread thing with like a long sausage in the middle. And it's got like cheese and like some slaw and like uh, this really interesting, like uh, spicy, like chipotle mayo sauce on it or whatever. The cool Mm -hmm. thing about that restaurant in particular is that the the ronto like the sausage that they're cooking up there is a like a uh, thing of meat like on a like a fire pit stick um and it's being like slowly like churned and like you know they're like you know uh, cooking the meat there and it's being mm-hmm. cooked uh by the engine of a pod racer oh that's cool <laughs> wow. um, so it's just like awesome. sitting overhead and it's just like roasting that thing um that th- it's super delicious. I mean, for the most part, I mean, aside from the fact that like, you know, the, the cutlery and like the, um, the, the plates and the dishes and just the overall atmosphere of it is very much in line with star Wars, the docking bay seven one, you're like in a cargo bay thing. So there's like a bunch of like, you know, like boxes and like things hanging overhead, like transport stuff. Um, and like, you know, there's a, um, the other thing I can think of that I've had at docking bay seven was called a fried and Dorian tip yip. 
um, in, in Dorian. So indoor, uh, the forest moon of indoor, um, which mm. is sort of like this, like fried crusted, like chicken, uh, filet Ooh. over, uh, mashed potatoes and a bed of vegetables with some gravy mm. and stuff. Uh, super good. Um, they also have, uh, just like popcorn and various other, um, food sundries that you would expect from the, you know, theme park fair. Right. The two mm-hmm. things that are food and beverage wise that I think are super unique and honestly, like you have to try them when you're there is first and foremost, the blue milk, the blue and the green milk as seen on the last Jedi. Mm. Uh, ah. when Luke Skywalker uh, squeezes the tit of that, um, <laughs> creature on uh, Octo. Yep. Right. So. That was such a throwaway thing that I don't think should have been made, but it is anyway, and I'm happy it and is. And now you can do it yourself. You're happy what, like, the scene exists? Yeah, I'm happy that it all exists. I didn't know yeah. I wanted it until now. Yeah. <laughs> Give me that um, milk. <laughs> yeah, you're probably wondering, though, you're like, uh, milk in the hot Florida sun or California sun. Like, how is that? Mm-hmm. Well, it's not milk. It actually contains no dairy whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, I oh, believe it's good. got like some like coconut. It's got like some coconut stuff in there. Uh, mm-hmm. the green one, I believe is more earthy. Uh, and it's like, just like, is it like, overall, like a matcha, like, like green tea sort of situation? I wouldn't really be able to know oh, okay. because I have, I don't <laughs> like tea and, uh, I've never had that. So now that's uh, a hot take. I would say mm-hmm. that is a hot take <laughs> well. that I'm not a fan of tea and that I've never had a matcha tea or whatever. It's a warm take. Um, it's a warm take, just like the beverage. It's it's lukewarm, I would say. Ooh. But it let's wrap it back <laughs> Luke's around. Got, hey, we did oh, it. Oh, <laughs> see, I didn't even see that. I did not that was unintentional. Well, so, we're professionals, mm-hmm. so we see all of them. You're on the top of your game. You're looking for all of those. You're looking where you can jump in there and, and oh yeah, <laughs> make you know, a dump pun or two. Anyway, yeah, you're right. We're all about it. The blue, I would say kind of it's kind of it's more fruity than the green mm-hmm. one, which is more herbal. Uh, they're very, very good. They they come very small, I would say, is like the one thing I don't like is that like the portion size is very not great for the price. It's like seven or eight bucks. You can also get one that is in alcohol. I think there's like tequila and there's like a rum one. Ooh. So if you're into that, they have that option available. But I think the coolest one of the coolest things food and beverage wise is the cantina. Ogus mm. Cantina. It it, the inside of this thing is incredible. Uh, the attention to detail, the, the seats, the, um, written text on the walls and the music, the DJ it's, it's led by DJ Rex, who he is the same droid type that was, um, the pilot on the original star tours, mm. uh, before, you know, before it was c C3PO, uh, it mm-hmm. used to be, uh, this droid, uh, DJ Rex. <laughs> uh, he's now a DJ, uh, he's changed <laughs> professions and, uh, he's always spitting out some tunes. He's talking to the, uh, to the guests as they come in and stuff. And, um, it's there's a lot of really really great drinks there. They have a uh, I, th- I think it's either a beer flight or a bourbon flight, and they serve them in the teeth of a rancor. <laughs> so the rancor uh, in episode six that Luke defeats in Jabba's palace, the, they have like teeth, and you can take it home too when you're done. Oh, so it's cool. super nice. super cool. Um, there's also a unique beverage um, called the Fuzzy Tauntaun, I believe is what it's called, and it's. <laughs> It's got foam at the top of the cocktail that makes your mouth numb. What? <laughs> Very cool. Uh, 
<laughs> it's super delicious and the sensation is super weird. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, I guess, a brief taste, uh, I suppose, of the nice. food and beverage offerings. Okay, okay. So, so we probably have time for two more. Um, two more of your listed uh, sure. or couture-moi or whatever. <laughs> couture-moi, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think what I'm most interested in, and uh, my, my fellow hosts can chime in if, if there's perhaps something they want to hear about, but it would be um, the experiences that you can like do while at the park that kind of throw you mm-hmm. more into the Star Wars world uh, sure. and the character interactions mm-hmm. and how those are maybe themed. Um, those are the two that I think, uh, I, I would enjoy hearing about, but, uh, by all means, if you boys want to hear something else. Thumbs up. Yeah. I mean, the only other thing that I can think of that I want to know is, did you build a lightsaber and did you get a droid? <laughs> yeah, that was the experiences, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I those, think. Those oh, are the man. two things so, I really so care about. <laughs> and if you didn't, have you been near people who have, or have you watched it happen yourself? So there's a lot uh, there's a lot there to unpack. Mm-hmm. So uh, oh, yeah. the, the two questions that you had, Alex, uh, they kind of go hand in hand as far as like the experiences that you can do and the interactivity as it pertains to the cast members. Then um, we might be able to fit in a third thing. <laughs> I think we might be able to. And I'm going to try to Great. go quickly because there's a lot to talk about and it's super, Let's do it. super interesting stuff. So stuff that you can do. So there is a thing called the uh, Star Wars data pad that you can download through the Disney Play app on your mm-hmm. iPhone, Android respectively. And in there you create your own character, you write your own name or whatever. And when you go into the land, there's a virtual map that you can use and there are little QR codes hidden places in the land that you can scan, unlock puzzles and you can get credits. And then there's also like quests and stuff. So you can like almost like Skyrim or like Fallout, you can have character interactions with people themed in the land and you can be like, okay, I'll do this job for you. And you can choose what allegiance you are. You're either with the resistance or the first order. So depending on how you uh, interact with certain objects in the land, you can tune audio frequencies. There's like these uh, radio towers and you can hijack them to intercept and hear conversations from characters in the land. And you can choose what to do with some of those things. And there's like a, uh, uh, a like tug of war happening on the app where it's like the resistance versus the first order. And depending on how many people are actively contributing by the end of the night, you can see who won the first order or the uh, resistance, like who took over the land, so to speak. Um, and the credit system. So back when this was a first and first announced, there was a lot of talk about how, and there still is talk that the data pad and the credits that you get, you earn credits actually, depending on your performance in the millennium Falcon ride. So Mm -hmm. you eventually, they say you'll be able to use those credits to barter and purchase drinks at the cantina. Or when you go to the coolest gift shop there, which is called Doc Ondar's Den of Antiquities, it's this huge uh, animatronic uh, alien creature that is the uh, proprietor of that establishment. And he's back there like moving around. And they, they said when this was first announced that you would be able to like with the cast member from Disney, you would be able to be like, hey, I have these credits. Could I get you know that for this price or whatever? And then the alien, you can like barter with him and basically get discounts and stuff like that. Uh, that has yet to be implemented, but this was stuff that they talked about like as they were like unveiling what this park would eventually become. That is what they are hopefully going to get to. And like another thing that they're hoping to get to, and this is not 
quite related to the parks because it's not open, but the Star Wars hotel that they're building that's almost done. Mm -hmm. It's a Mm -hmm. two day, two night uh, excursion. They have patented and there's no actual video footage of it, but like you can look at the patent for it. Disney may have figured out how to make a real life lightsaber. Excuse me? At the hotel, at the interactive hotel, there is a section in there where you will be able to like go into a lightsaber dojo and you will be able to like hit like kind of how Luke does when he has the training things and he has all those things. Mm -hmm. Um, They recently, this is like within the past month or so, they've like the leaks of the patents have come out and it's a lightsaber and there's no blade to it, but they swear up and down. You'll be able to click something and like a light will come out of it and you'll be able to vroom, vroom with it. Um, don't Whoa, know what that looks like exactly, boy. but yeah, it's, yeah. oh my god, you, it is. That's a that's a lot of info to drop on some big Star Wars nerds. <laughs> that yes. we, <laughs> can't let that go. So yeah, tease, <laughs> the, the, just teasing that out there to, to kind of wet people's whistles. Um, but oh, back yeah. to the I guess interactivity of it. Uh, you know, Kylo Ren and his um, First Order stormtroopers they show up every once in a while. They do this like little show out in front of his. Uh, uh, Thai Echelon, which is actually mm-hmm. a unused uh, vehicle from the Colin Trevorrow version of Episode Nine. Mm. Uh, so they actually took that uh, Thai model and just put it in the land. So he does a show. He interacts with the audience. He walks through the area. Uh, Ray can be seen walking around, and she will talk and interact with you. Chewbacca. Uh, there's also a character name. Uh, oh, it's not. It's not Ray Sloan. My bad. Oh my gosh, I can't remember her name. Um, it's it is a girl and she she interacts with you you and she can basically engage you for quests and this kind of ties back to the whole thing i was telling you about like the datapad app is that there is an undercurrent of interactivity of like you can help people in the land and they will remember you and your allegiance or your uh, disregard for wanting to help them and it basically is helping shape your experience there at the land (laughs) no i have not done the droid thing i have not done it i've walked in there it seems interesting it looks cute but like i just it's like 120 ish yeah. or whatever bucks. And I just, mm-hmm. I, I, I personally, for my money, I would rather get, uh, uh build my own lightsaber. Oh, yeah. I did buy oh, yes. a legacy saber. I bought Kylo Ren's legacy saber. It's, it's a really heavy hilt. Like you could knock someone out, maybe kill someone by like tossing <laughs> it over their head. Like it's, they don't, they don't mess around. Um, <laughs> so I got that and the blades for that, but the, the, um, the lightsaber building experience, I have seen that firsthand. I went in with someone I know. It's this really, really great experience. The cast members are incredible at like creating this like illusion. Like when the door opens, they're like, quickly, quickly get in here before the stormtroopers see us. They don't know we're here. And then uh, they're like asking you questions. And then they're like, this uh, kyber crystal purple was used by Mace Windu. This kyber crystal was used by Ray and all these things. And you pick your kyber crystal, you pick like the basically the the Jedi form that you want to be like a uh, truth and power or like justice or like, you know, depending on where y- your attributes and personality lie. And then there's different customizable like factors, either the bottom part of it with the hilt or the top crown of it. And then you put it into this machine thing and then they like shut it or whatever. And then all the lights go down and then like all at once, it just goes in a line. It goes and all of them turn on and like the, the case is like open and everyone just lifts their lightsabers up. And it's just like, and all the music swells and Yoda's like, mm. and you're just like, 
<laughs> you wouldn't be doing his, that. <laughs> his disemboweled <laughs> voice just <laughs> permeates in the area. And then they give you this sweet, like, satchel thing there. You can, like, sh- sheath it behind your back and you Ooh. just carry it oh, with that's you. Cool. <laughs> and it's, it's super exciting um dope. i don't know alex i don't know how much more time you guys have but i would love to touch on uh the two attractions briefly let's do it yeah let's do it that. man let's do it um great so the first like i said when it first opened at disneyland it only had the millennium falcon ride mm-hmm. and the millennium falcon ride is underwhelming if you wait very very long for it um so basically how it goes is they did build a two-scale replica version of the Millennium Falcon. And it's like movie quality perfect. It's huge. It's to scale. Yeah. Um, and you go through the garage and you're going, you're sneaking your way up there. And then eventually it leads you into, I guess, like the lobby of the Millennium Falcon, mm-hmm. you know, where the uh, Dalek board is and just like where uh, Luke, you know, did the, like the training with the uh, droid. Mm-hmm. And like, so the chessboard's there and everything, and you can sit and you hang out there and basically wait to get on the ride. So you can take a moment, take pictures, enjoy it. And then you and your party and or whoever else are given different roles. The ride can fit six people. There's two pilots, there's two gunners, and there's two uh, engineers. And the engineer is quite honestly the worst part because you're <laughs> the you're all the way in the back of the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon. And your job is basically to press all the buttons that light up when the pilots screw up and they are like flying and hitting shit. So you have to keep the the Millennium Falcon flying. Basically, you have to do repairs. Then the gunners, they can set it either to automatic or manual, depending on the difficulty they want to do. And when ties show up, they have to hit the buttons to shoot the ties Mm -hmm. to get them off your back and basically to clear the way. And then the pilots, there is an up and down control and then there's a left and right control. So you and the other pilot have to work in unison to keep it flying right if you veer off to one way or go down to one way you can hit something the ride shakes lights flicker (laughs) and the damage goes down right and then also i think it's on the right side is the uh, hyperdrive so it gets to that point where you have to pull the thing and then it goes (laughs) when you like fly that's awesome um there are a few depending on your performance there are a few different outcomes that happen. Like if you're doing really, really poor and if you forget to uh, pull the hyperdrive at the right moment when you're making your escape from Corellia, you end up in an asteroid field and you have to like navigate through that to land back on the planet of Batu. Uh, they have said in the future that they're going to create different missions that you can go on. So it'll be random. So maybe you'll go to Naboo. Maybe you'll go to Tatooine. Cool. So it, they're going to evolve it over time. Uh, easily the best thing is to be pilot. And if you're going solo, um, uh, <laughs> it's, it can be random. It can seriously be random. I've, I've ridden it as an engineer and I've had two six-year-olds piloting the Millennium Falcon and oh, it's no. just chaos. Oh, <laughs> it's <Jesus. utter> chaos. <laughs> and when you get out, if you do terrible, when you leave the hallway out, as you're exiting the cockpit will be damaged. Lights will be flickering. Oh, There'll be cool. like smoke coming out of the walls. But if you do well, it's pristine. It looks great. That's so awesome. Uh, 
And then the last one is Rise of the Resistance. This is easily the best thing that maybe Disney's ever made. Uh, it starts with a pre-show. You're ushered into a room. Hologram of Ray pops up, tells you there's a mission we got to go on to. BB-8 rolls out, and it looks amazing. It's like two scale. He's amazing. And then the doors open. There's a full-sized X-Wing. You can see BB-8 in the, in the little cockpit thing area, and you are ushered onto a transport vehicle. Doors open, you get in there, and it's almost like a subway train, it looks like. And then all the screens show the outside of the land. And then there's an animatronic uh, of a Mon Cala, uh, like uh, Admiral Raddus mm-hmm. uh, from Rogue One. And mm-hmm. he turns around, and there's a nine nub up there, too. And they are talking to you, and you fly off, and you can feel it moving. And you're like, oh, shit, we're taking off, or whatever. And you see the land beneath you leaving. You fly into space. You're intercepted basically by the first order that you get caught in their tractor beam and it pulls you into a Star Destroyer. And you're in there that you can see all of like the lights flashing as you're in a dogfight and stuff. And you get pulled in to the Star Destroyer. The same door that you walked into opens back up and you are in the Star Destroyer hangar. And there is a first order guy that walks up and says, you guys are all under arrest. Get out. And you walk out and there's a battalion of First Order Stormtroopers just staring you down. And there's you can see outside is space. You can see uh, uh, TIE fighters flying around. And then they usher you through. You go through this. uh, You're inside there. You go into basically a prisoner cell. So after they kind of assign you and they're all being dicks about it, too, because they're the First Mm -hmm. Order. So they're like trying to be mean. So these are intentionally angry uh, perturbed Disney cast members. <laughs> so it's kind of fun because you can kind of get in some arguments with them and they'll just stonewall you and then just tell you basically to shut up and keep moving. Um, <laughs> then you get into this room, room shuts. There's uh, two stormtroopers up there and then Kylo Ren comes and there's this really cool effect where like he uses like the force on you to like get in your mind and like the room like goes completely dark and like all of the sound it feels like is sucked out of the room. It goes boom. And like you can feel it in your bones and like the room shakes and then he lets go and all the lights come back on and you're like, oh, shit. Uh, He (laughs) leaves. And then in the wall, they basically tear open a door. It goes and like a a door moves. You're saved by the uh, by the resistance and you get in these little buggies and then you're off to the races. It is a trackless ride. uh, So it kind of just like, you know, moves around and it skates. There's no track. It's just like floating ostensibly. And totally impressive sets it's two scale you get into a room where there's two life-size ATATs, and there's a moment where you back up and you go up this elevator and the ATAT turns to you and it fires and you can see the bullets and they rain over the top of the ceiling and they explode <laughs> in this one corner uh, and then just quickly getting to the end there's an altercation that you have with general hucks and kylo ren where he sees you on the flight deck as the resistance comes in to save you guys you back up and you try to escape him oh and then you get to this room and and you're pointed to it and you can see kylo ren in the distance and he's like staring you down and he lights his lightsaber and he walks towards you and it's like coming at you and you back up into an elevator elevator shuts it's moving you're like okay where are we going and then you hear a lightsaber crackle you look up and a lightsaber is coming through the ceiling cutting a hole (laughs) above you trying to get it trying to get you guys in so you back up escape that and then basically, depending on if Kylo Ren animatronics working or not, if he's not working, his he'll there's a screen for like the outside mm-hmm. of like the space part. His TIE fighter will come up and he'll do the interaction there. But if his animatronic is working, you turn a corner and he's right there and he like 
holds you like this and he like pulls you closer to him. Like, so the vehicles come closer to him mm -hmm. and then he pulls, pushes you out and then pulls you back in. And then you can see a TIE fighter out the window, spinning, 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 boom. And it hits behind him. The wall behind him breaks open, a paneling falls and this gush of wind, like, and he like gets sucked out basically. <laughs> and then you speed out, you turn around and then you evacuate. You get in this little elevator thing and it shuts. You hear the lock and you can see outside other drop pods. And this is the coolest part. The ride, you're on there and it just goes and you just drop. And there's <laughs> nice. no, no, I don't know if it's five feet or whatever, but you get that sensation of Tower of Terror where you're like, oh, yeah, and like yeah, it just ooh. drops you <laughs> out of your seat. And then it like catches you and you're like, okay, we're good. And then you, you fly back down and then you back up and boom, you're outside. And you're just like, because <laughs> the ride doesn't begin outside you're just like uh and then they're just like see you later i hope you had a good time <laughs> bye it's, bye it guys is quite possibly worth all the money in the world like going to disney for that alone is crazy and people that have ridden it would probably who are listening to this would attest and say that yeah he's not exaggerating it is unreal and the cool thing about being a theme park fan uh whether it's you know upgrades that we're going to get to star wars galaxy's edge or even stuff that universal's doing is that every time one of them does something the other one has to bite back mm -hmm. so we're mm -hmm. always exactly. going to get something even cooler something newer i mean obviously universal just came out with nintendo land in japan and it's coming to the states and california later next year so like this is we're we're in a good spot if you're a fan of this kind of oh, stuff yeah. oh mm -hmm. yeah Dude, for someone who came on and was like, oh, I wasn't really prepared for this, you just knocked it out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think. <laughs> well, you get me you talking, us... and I'm like, well, I guess I'll do it. I guess I'll talk <laughs> yeah, about it. Of course. I guess no. I'll talk. Uh, came uh, flooding back to me. A perfect uh, ending segment before we drop into our traditional quick this, which I believe is also Star Wars related this week. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. That And Chloe's going to be taking care of that for us. And that'll be after our promos. But before we even think of doing that, Nick, it was incredible having you on. Yeah. You're always so yeah, wise to to the things in which we ask and provide a great perspective on on what you're talking about. For sure. I'm yeah. always happy to be here, guys. I, I love talking to you guys, and I love talking about, uh, I don't know, fun entertainment stuff, which seems to be something that you guys like to do on this show. So I, never I think we're all in, seems in a like good a spot for that. Us entertainment? <laughs> <laughs> it fits. Uh, do you have anything that you want to plug before we throw it over to our uh, promotional segment? Uh, no, but you can uh, 1v1 me on Fortnite this Saturday, uh, 9 p.m. <laughs> Eastern. That's right. Hey, I'll be there. My uh, be there, PlayStation name is Canine Bunghole. Uh, I'm ready <laughs> yeah, to fight whoever needs to, he, whoever needs to get their ass broke. This is This is important because he didn't pick that name. PlayStation gave him that name. That's incredible. Canine I did not bunghole. pick that. He I did not type it. that out. It's what they were like, hey, how about you be canine bunghole? And he was like, I think yeah, I will. Sure. <laughs> it was too good. I was like, you know what? I'm never going to get this opportunity again. So I just need to take it. For sure. Oh, that's amazing. All right. Well, what a name. Thanks again for coming on, man. We appreciate it. We're going to close Absolutely. out here and then throw it to promos. Wow. Well, boys, back into familiar territory we go. We're, we're about to throw it to the promos. Mm -hmm. uh, and then Chloe's going to take us on a quick this which is always exciting. But before we do that, do we have any, any final words uh, for maybe our listeners or just for each other? Um, I mean, the only thing I can think of is that like this entire segment was kind of a testament to what everyone in the first segment was talking about is. Oh yeah. Like Star Wars means so much to so many people. 
and of all walks of life, like nearly anyone can relate to it in some form or fashion. And it's just such a wide experience that you can get that it just means so much. And it's so cool that it, we have it in this world. Oh, yeah. I mean, look at how many people we've had on the podcast tonight alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, a monumental number for us. Definitely a record. Oh, yeah. uh, but that just goes to show. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Just, that just goes to show the reach that Star Wars has. And I'm so happy that we were able to do this together yeah. because at the end of the day, that's what Star Wars is for, is bringing people together to talk about Star Wars and to, you know, be friends and nerds over it. For sure. We didn't bicker as much as I thought we would. And, uh, we didn't like talk as much as we usually yeah, I know, do. That was we a weird experience. I'm okay with that, honestly. <laughs> Saving my vocal cords, you know? We're getting old. <laughs> well, we're going to hit promotions, but before we do, uh, may the fourth be with you. And also with you. And with your spirit. Sorry. <laughs> All right, <to>. boys. <laughs> Gammy. Hey, Bryant. What do Robin Hood, Vlad the Impaler, and Mothman have in common? IDK, what? Well, they're all topics on our podcast, Mystery, where each week we discuss a new myth and the history behind it. That's Myth Story with an IE. See you then. This really has been a crazy episode. Turns out that we're not only touching sci-fi in the matters of space wars, or Star Wars, if you would, we are also time traveling. Wow! It's crazy. We travel back a full three hours to four o'clock <laughs> that same day, and we are now going to do a quick this. Lucky for us, uh, Chloe was able to come onto the show again uh, after her uh, episode last week where we talked about BoJack Horseman. And Chloe, uh, I have come to understand you have a quick this for us. Is that correct? That's right. If somebody would pull up a timer, I'd love to get it cracking. All right, let's get it cracking. Unfortunately, on the Millennium Falcon, I do not have my cell phone. I accidentally shot it out of the blast cannon. Whoopsie. Whoopsie. Let's go. Okay. I got one right here for you. All right. You boys ready? Okay, all right. Ready as I ever be. Boom. All right. So I'm going to talk about the 501st Legion, which you may be familiar with. It is a fan-based organization in America that is dedicated to making uh, and wearing out uh, screen-accurate replicas of stormtroopers, Sith Lords, clone troopers, bounty hunters, and it is made up entirely of volunteers, and they have done a bunch of charitable work um, for, like, 20 years. They were founded in August of 1997 by Albin Johnson and Tom Cruise. They are considered a 501 nonprofit organization, and they have done wonderful things all over the world. And we're going to get into it. If you want to check out their website, it's www.501st.com. It was formed in South Carolina, and it now has over 14,000 active members worldwide with over 26,000 approved costumes. They're active on six continents, and 
They make appearances at casual, promotional, and charitable events, often at the request of Lucasfilm's fan events department. They're not officially affiliated with Walt Disney or Lucasfilm, but they are, according to Wikipedia, Lucasfilm's preferred imperial costuming organization, and its members were recently featured as extras in The Mandalorian. So if you watch The Mandalorian, you've probably already seen some members of the 501st, which is so cool. It just shows that if you're a super fan sometimes it really pays off so their mission statement is they are an all-volunteer organization formed for the purpose of bringing together costume enthusiasts from around the world under the collective star wars identity umbrella the 501st legion seeks Mm. to promote interest in star wars through the building and wearing of high quality costumes to facilitate the use of these costumes for star wars related events and to contribute to the local community through costume charity and volunteer work And I'm mostly just going to talk about the charitable stuff they've done because I think that is so awesome. Um, It is definitely one of their highest priorities as an organization. They like to refer to themselves as the bad guys doing good. Uh, They regularly (laughs) regularly participate in events that raise awareness for charitable causes like walkathons, blood drives. They provide opportunities for fundraising through events such as their Blast a Trooper game where donations are collected from the public to target these characters with Nerf blasters, which sounds so fun. I'd love to be at one of those (laughs) events. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Do you think they've ever done like one of those dunk tank situations? Because I know it'd be hard on the costume, but that would be (laughs) so fun. That would be great. <laughs> I don't know. Those costumes look expensive. Right. Probably can't get them wet. Yeah. There's probably aquatic uh, stormtroopers right. somewhere. You know? uh, in September of 2016, the 501st Legion announced their commitment to a first-of-its-kind international endowment in a unique partnership with Make-A-Wish, which I'm sure we've all heard of. They provide mm-hmm. you know, wonderful last opportunities for terminal patients. They, it's called the 501st Legion Make-A-Wish Endowment Fund. It will allow these companies to grant more Star Wars-related wishes to children diagnosed with life-threatening medical conditions. The endowment fund allows Make-A-Wish to grant wishes, um, the first of an endowment of this kind for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. It does rely on contributions from its members and the public. With a goal of $150,000 in the fund by 2021, the endowment fund will grant wishes from the interest accrued as the fund continues to grow. So will the number of wishes granted to these children. In 2016, Hmm. they had donated over 182,000 hours of community service, raising over 180... No, I'm sorry, $889,000 in direct donations and participated in events that helped raise over $46 million for charities worldwide. So they do a lot of good work. They raise a lot of money. They are very dedicated to doing good things. And they are seriously all over the world. I'm looking at a map of where there are units around the globe as of, I don't know, 2018 or something. And pretty much the only two countries are like Russia and Africa that don't have what what they call them garrisons. Um, those are local units. Squads are subdivisions of garrisons. You can be like different tiers of the organization. Um, outposts <laughs> are the smallest legion unit. And there are 16 different legion costume detachments. And you should check out their Wikipedia page because it just goes on and on. There are so many cool 
There's like a command structure for this organization. It's really awesome. So if you get a chance to check them out or if you want to donate some money to them, that would be a wonderful cause in celebration of May the 4th. That's my time. Yeah. Nice. How about that? Yeah, I really like that. How many uh, command posts have they captured? <laughs> I don't know. Z- zero. I've actually had a... <laughs> you see, that, that's, a little, had a, yeah, that's a little reference to uh, Star Wars. I had a run-in with these guys um, when I worked uh, a May the 4th at the Red Menace. They showed up and they are oh, no. extremely professional. Um, and hmm. if their demands are not met, uh, they give a little bit of pushback. So they expect to be treated as professionals. <laughs> I can tell you that much, but they are some really cool guys, and their costumes are they brushed very girls, cool. I'm Chloe. sure. Yeah, yeah, and girls. Guys is a gender neutral term for me. I really need to get on top of that. Stop right. doing that. It is. But, <laughs> but Chloe, we thank you for making the time to come back on. I know you're also having a very busy week this week. What with all of your artistic endeavors, you're undertaking right now, which we are so proud of you for. Thank you. Thanks uh, for so having me on. Shout out to you. Happy May the Fourth. And may the may the fourth be with you and with uh, your as spirit. always guys very okay yeah <laughs> nice somebody's a former catholic <laughs> so let's let's sign it let's sign it off on this glorious of may the fourth episodes this may the fourth special thank you guys for all tuning in we've really enjoyed our time here we hope that you guys learned something new and enjoyed all of the amazing may the fourth activities we had planned for you guys um, as always, if there's something that you want to see us cover on this show, you can reach out to us on our social medias, social, me- social medias. <laughs> our Instagram is entertain this podcast. Our Twitter is entertain underscore this. You can also find our website. It's uh, entertain uh, this dot net. If you go there, you scroll all the way to the bottom <laughs> of the homepage. You can find a, a little uh, questionnaire that you could fill out and send us a message. Uh, or you can just email us directly at entertainthispodcast at gmail.com. Suggest something to us that you want us to do on the show, and we may take your suggestion, give you a shout at the beginning of the show. Uh, as always, entertain us so we can entertain you, and you can entertain this. And may the fourth be with you. Sign off, Chewbacca. Good. <laughs> That's clear. That's clear. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. This episode of Entertain This was written by Mick Manhattan, Casey the Madman, Zach Wiseman, DJW, and Nick Wolf, with additional commentary from Nick Mustakangas, Michael Savoya, and Alex Steele. Special thanks to all the guests on this episode for making this Star Wars Day an extra special extravaganza. Our theme music is Rush Hold by Aaron Spencer, with additional interstitial music by DJW. Tune in every Friday for new episodes. Thanks for listening, and may the 4th be with you.